The MakerDAO is buying 500 million US dollar worth of government bonds. Is Bitcoin really an inflation hedge? And who is actually using the metaverse? That and more in the crypto market talk this week. In this week's episode, we will talk about Bitcoin and Ethereum as always, but then we'll also talk about the metaverse. So we'll specifically talk about Decentraland and Sandbox. And then we'll also quickly discuss some interesting happenings over at the MakerDAO and its implications on Maker the token. Let's jump right in and we're talking about Bitcoin first. Bitcoin mining is cool again. We can thank Africa, Prudence and growing hash rate for that. So there was an opinion piece on Coindesk that appeared just a couple of days ago. And it's very interesting because the Barclays Bank has actually weighed core scientific in an overweight rating. So that means that Core Scientific, one of the Bitcoin mining providers, is right now on the long list of Barclays Bank. And that in turn could mean that the tide has turned for crypto mining companies. Now until now we have seen that crypto mining companies have struggled on one side obviously with climate change so natural catastrophes all over the place but also regulatory and political pressure. So it will be interesting to see whether core scientific will actually be the outlier according to Barclays. However the opinion piece is also making the argument that the reason why they went long with core scientific was essentially because when it comes to doing an IPO or an M&A action, they would probably go to Barclays as well. So it's a give and take from both sides. One side is obviously rating the company quite well and then the company ideally will go back to the bank in order to essentially plan an IPO. Now we will talk about mining as well but from an Ethereum side in just a couple of minutes but let's first discuss this is Bitcoin really an inflation hedge? The ever going question why BTC hasn't fared well with peak inflation. Now, of course, in the last couple of months, we've seen inflation rise up in all over the place, in Europe, in the US, etc. And the main question, as always, was wasn't Bitcoin supposed to be the hedge we've all waited for? And it's quite interesting. So, Kasper Vandaluk, he's the CEO of the quantitative crypto trading company Muska Capital. He's saying, sure, it's down 75%. However, that is compared to the strongest asset out there. If we compare it to currencies such as the Turkish Lira, it shows more strength. Besides, it's not like other hedges such as gold that have never encountered a large drawdown. One factor many people forget about is that an inflation hedge is a kind of insurance thing such as real estate. While gold is hard to store and sell since it's illiquid, Bitcoin offers many advantages that those assets don't. Still, I would say it is a, the classic inflation hedge, but I do agree with Casper here, where he's saying it is much more liquid, it is very easily storable, and it's very kind of easy to take with you, especially when it comes to political crisis, as we've seen with Ukraine and Russia, where the people of these respective countries have actually used Bitcoin to flee away from one, their currency, and on the other side, of course, the country as well. But let's not kid ourselves here. A strong dollar is bad for all risk on assets. 
also stocks of course but in the light of things how all the things are going macroeconomically we are faced with a very strong dollar and of course that also means weaker bitcoin now of course you could make the argument that compared to the argentinian peso or the turkish lira or the uh, currencies in iran you probably have a safe currency in bitcoin but at the same time of course the dollar is still the king of the world and it's quite interesting because here we have another opinion saying that military might matter more than decentralized computer networks such as bitcoin crypto has been harmed by the strong us dollar as well as the multitude of phishing scams and hacks that have occurred since the beginning of the year now to be fair when it comes to bitcoin bitcoin is a fairly safe asset towards hacks etc or the only hacks that would happen is in form of social engineering or third-party platforms though so the network itself has never been hacked and we can see of course here a very similar picture that you would see on the other swiss code shows as well a very very strong us dollar and that essentially means on the other side of course also weaker other currencies and if you look at bitcoin as a currency that would of course make it into the same bucket as the canadian dollar the australian dollar the euros the british pounds and the japanese yen now of course the drawdown in bitcoin was much much more volatile compared to the other currencies but in the overall picture that we've seen we can see that risk on assets right now don't have that much liquidity in the market because if you remove the liquidity from the market risk on assets tend to go down as well now one more very important thing that we need to discuss about bitcoin is this whole mount gox stuff now i've talked about mount gox many many times and in 2014 it came to the much more much the biggest hack that we've experienced when it comes to bitcoin and the hack from this uh, day and age is still something that is looming over the bitcoin price now why because all the people that have been hurt by this hack that have their bitcoin stolen or the mount gox uh, withdrawals were stopped have still had uh, bitcoin with the mount gox exchange now mount gox has been in a situation where they will probably pay out some of the bitcoin that have been recovered since then to the people that owe them own them but right now we're looking at the 10th of january of 2023 as the last date the people that have been harmed during this hack can actually make sure that they are getting their money's worth back now the interesting part will be here that they can actually choose to be paid back in either i think us dollar or japanese yen because the whole thing is happening in japan because mount cox was had their domicile there but at the other side they can also opt for getting bitcoin now of course if you had bought bitcoin for 800 back in 2014 or whatever the number was right now it's still sitting at around 20,000, and that is still quite interesting so a lot of people are expecting the people to get back bitcoin then sell it on the market and that in turn could cause some trouble for the bitcoin price so it will be quite interesting this 10th january 2023 if you miss that so let's say you've been hurt by this hack and you miss the specific date it essentially means you have to go specifically to japan to this uh, specific place of business and then actually say 
you were owed X amount and then you would get it back in Japanese yen. So you're not allowed to get it back in Bitcoin. So that's kind of a light of hope in my opinion because I don't think all the people will actually uh, bring in their uh, kind of owed Bitcoin towards Mount Gox. So it will be quite interesting to see how many Bitcoins are actually being flooded onto the market. If we look at the chart, nothing has changed here in my opinion. Still, again, we are trading the range and we can stay here uh, for quite some time. And I think a lot of people are underestimating how long the sideways movement can go. Sure, we can drop down from time to time, but we can also have mini bull runs. But at the same time, this sideways movement will cause people to lose interest in cryptocurrencies in general. And that in turn will help us to really form a bottom and then get back to higher highs. Now let's jump to Ethereum and here we have an interesting phenomenon. We've talked of course about the merge many many times and here specifically we can talk about the fact that the Ethereum merge has caused GPU prices to drop first of all because a lot of Ethereum miners have then started selling their GPUs and that in turn has caused for example the Nvidia RTX 3080 to drop nearly 60% over the last 90 days. Great for gamers, really bad for the GPU people because technically they were relying on the fact that these GPUs would actually bring in more money. So if you um, bought this NVIDIA RTX 3080, for example, six months ago, chances are you didn't get your money's worth out of that GPU specifically. However, interestingly, if we look at the hash rate, so the computational power in the network, we can also have a look, for example, onto Ethereum Classic, because Ethereum Classic is still running proof of work compared to proof of stake that is running on Ethereum. And we can see here around the merge, we've had this crazy jump towards here from the around 50 terahashes per second up until 300 terahashes. And it has since come down up until 150 terahashes per second. Now, granted, this is still a 3x in comparison to what we were at mid of September. But at the same time, the tendency is to go lower. Now, the question is whether it will be profitable enough for these people with their GPUs to actually mine Ethereum Classic or whether they will have to sell their GPUs. And what we can technically expect is that more GPUs will come onto the market and that in turn will cause the price to drop even further. However, there is one very interesting theory that we will see more crypto applications in the form for example of metaverse and other digital worlds where we will actually need those gpus and that in turn could potentially stabilize the gpu prices now on the other side of course you have to keep in mind the nvidia stock and amd stock that is something you have to keep in your portfolio if you want to bet on the general chip market. But at the same time, make sure that you have the proper risk management there because again, GPU prices might come down and that could also eat into the revenue of, for example, Nvidia. We will jump into the metaverse soon, but before that, we should quickly talk about this because this is quite interesting. Has proof of stake made Ethereum more centralized? Now, Ethereum, of course, is touted to be one of the most decentralized networks out there. I've talked about the fact that about 45% of the nodes are still in the US, but with the move to proof of stake, we've of course seen the following picture. Now, liquid staking providers have popped up 
Lido Finance, Coinbase, Kraken, but also Binance are currently offering this idea that you can stake your Ethereum and get back a liquid staking token that you can then in turn use. And that caused technically more centralization, of course, due to proof of stake versus proof of work. Because right now we can see that 13.5 million ETH, which is around worth 22.3 billion at the time, had been staked on the Ethereum network with more than 60% of that ETH sitting with one of those four providers that I've just mentioned and that in turn could potentially mean that these four centralized services or let's say it's three centralized services and Lido Finance is technically decentralized because it's managed by a DAO etc is technically in charge of the majority of the Ethereum on the network so of course a hack could be a problem a technical issue could be a problem and all of these things so this is something we have to keep in mind and ideally after the lockup period ends of Ethereum 2.0, ideally this Ethereum will come back onto the market so we can cause a more decentralized network overall. Again, also with the Ethereum chart, very, very similar. It's getting boring, but boring is sometimes also good if you want to trade the range. So nothing has changed, in my opinion, when it comes to the Ethereum range trade. Now we've talked about the metaverse and I've mentioned that GPUs might be, uh, that the GPU prices might stabilize thanks to the metaverse, but it's an interesting uh, situation with the metaverse because it's lonely in the metaverse decentralized, decentralized 38 daily active users in a 1.3 billion US dollar ecosystem. Now it's quite interesting because they have both a value of over 1 billion in valuation, so both Decentraland and the Sandbox, and they have below a thousand daily active users. So what's actually happening in the metaverse? Who is actually using it? Let's have a look at this. I think first we have to define what exactly is a daily active user. As an active user, according to app radar it's defined as a unique wallet addresses interaction with the platforms smart contract for example logging onto the sandbox or decentraland to make purchase with sand or mana so that technically means you have to actively do something so just logging in walking around not doing anything is technically not considered a daily active user and that of course could skew those numbers so we have to make an apples by apples comparison we shouldn't make this comparison where you actually have to interact with a smart contract on the world because ideally the metaverse will be very similarly to the web 2 platforms that we're seeing for example on youtube 99% of all the people are consumers and just 1% are the creators and we see with web two platforms it's always this ratio approximately sometimes even more sometimes even less but at the same time it means that most people will stay passive users of the platform unless they want or need or want to buy something and with Sandbox and Decentraland, we probably see a very, very similar thing. So for example, you've had the Virtual Fashion Week and just a couple of weeks ago. Now the Virtual Fashion Week, of course, is not a huge event. It's just one very specific use case. But at the same time, I would argue that on this day, there were more than a thousand people looking in the Sandbox or in Decentraland for uh, the Virtual Fashion Week. So we have to make this comparison correctly. At the same time, I do believe, and we will see this when we look at the chart in just a second, both Decentraland and Sandbox have been overvalued in the bull market 
market because we have expected those visions to turn into reality much much faster than they could actually deliver we shouldn't forget it's still this massive 3d world that needs a lot of developing power in order to make it work properly and right now we're just not there yet one other project and kind of partnership that we've experienced is very interesting here the board ape yacht club the nft collection from yuga labs is actually building on the sandbox we can see here on the trailer they have their own building where they can play around as their board ape yacht club nfts so this will be a very very interesting partnership because we had the, the, the two massive projects such as Sandbox and Board Ape Yacht Club. And this is looking really, really cool from a trailer perspective. But again, what will you be actually be able to do in this world? What is this building? What can you do? Is it just kind of to play around and like in this trailer to throw uh, around bananas or something? Or is it actually to play, uh, earn money, earn quests, whatever? So it will be quite interesting to see what these platforms will be doing. If we look at the chart though and i've kind of zoomed out a bit on both the central land so on the mana token as well as the sand token they look almost one-to-one -one similar as you can see here the chart behaves in a very very similar way we've had this crazy run-up in november again also here um, towards end of november and since then we've entered death valley zone whether the bottom has actually formed that is still unclear. The clearness is that we are back to October 21 levels. So if you wanted to buy in, actually right now might not be too bad of a time especially if you're believing in these projects in long term so both decentraland and sandbox can be traded on swiss quote if you're bullish on the metaverse and i do believe that a partnership with board abiot club the nft project is actually quite bullish Let's talk about this story towards the end as well. MakerDAO goes ahead with 500 million US dollar investment in treasuries and bonds. So MakerDAO or the Maker token is actually taking care of the DAI stablecoin. The DAI stablecoin is one of the only decentralized stablecoins with a specific amount of users that we can right now see. Of course, we have the very big, big stablecoins such as Tether and USDC, but uh, the DAI stablecoin is still very much used in the ethereum ecosystem when it comes to DeFi applications now obviously maker or the maker dao specifically is sitting on a lot of money because usually you have to over collateralize in order to create die so usually you over collateralize by 150 percent and that in turn means that a lot uh, of money is actually in the treasury of MakerDAO. We're talking around 500 million US dollars that have been voted to be invested into US treasuries and bonds, 80% in short-term US treasuries, so 160 million US dollars allocated to zero to one year US treasury iShares ETF, and 240 million US dollars invested into the one to three year US treasury iShares ETF from BlackRock. So quite interesting to see how the MakerDAO is actually trying to stabilize the uh, stablecoin even further by going into the route of going into both uh, corporate bonds but also obviously US treasury bonds so it will be quite interesting to see whether the MKR holders or the DAI stablecoin holders will profit from this 
when it comes to decentralization looking at the chart it's quite interesting we've had this crazy jump here yesterday um, that made us touch the 100 uh, 1182 line that i've drawn here but it hasn't it hasn't been broken it was a previous kind of resistance line shortly broken here in august since then has come down v recovery and has now touched it again i do believe that this zone will be the important zone that we have to watch again it could go for a retest here if it should break i do believe the next zone is around 1400 if you want to specifically trade this again you shouldn't trade the die stablecoin you should trade the mkr in order to kind of invest invest into this idea that the maker DAO is making the right decisions in making the DAI stablecoin even more popular. That was it from the crypto market talk this week. Make sure that you subscribe to this channel to not miss any other crypto news. I will see you on the next one. Take care.